on the throne. And the number 70, I was going to actually look up the number 70 this morning, but just bypassing that, 70 is 7 times 10. 10 is a God's authoritative order multiplied by his perfect number. There is something hugely significant about the fact that the queen has died. And she is a woman, she and her husband, Philip, they clearly set the fact that they were followers of Jesus. They, they didn't hide that. They were openly Christians. But they have gone. And even the world is saying it's an end of an era. We can't escape that. Even the world is acknowledging something has changed. It's the end of something. Now, I've, I've always been a, uh, in favour of Prince Charles. This is nothing against Prince Charles, King Charles III. But he's coming to the throne now. And I say this really carefully. At his side is a woman who's now referred to as a queen consort. And their relationship, I say this so carefully, the relationship was built on intrigue and deception. When we talk about a shift in the spirit, watch what happens now. Okay. Um, so overcoming. This message is actually going to come out of Revelation. And it's a tough message. It's a really strong message. But I promise you it has a good ending. You know, our praying, going back to the praying thing. A lot of our praying is, is really based on, um, Lord, I have this problem, please remove it. And God's going, why would I do that when I sent it? So we need to have that in our mind, that it is all about overcoming. But there's a reason why we pray along the lines of, I don't want to deal with this. I want to have an easy life. Isn't that, isn't that true? Anyone put up your hand if you really look forward to a, a, an easy life. The reason for that is because it's written into our DNA. That's where we're headed. That's our destiny. That's, we were created for someday that we would be together in heaven where it is a life of ease. It's a life there is no more tears, there's no more darkness, there's no more having to go to work. Yeah, it's going to hear an amen. <laughs> so, that's, that's where God started to talk to me about this praying, um, you know, praying things. We want, we, want, we want our problems removed. That's actually a good thing. It actually shows that something is written inside us, deep, deep, deep inside us, that that's what we hunger for. No one goes, you know what, this day is going way too well. <laughs> I just need some difficulties now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Okay. Job says, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upwards. He knows that's true. All right. Now, talking about the pressures of life. We are not talking about daily life pressures. We're talking about the underlying pressures that drive daily life pressures. These are spiritual pressures. There is a spiritual battle. Everyone know we're in a spiritual battle. Right? And that spiritual battle, trying to follow my notes, by the way, 
effects. Everyone is in a spiritual battle, whether you're a Christian or not. You know, the whole point of evangelism is that, hey, if, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to become a Christian. You know, you need to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that when you die, that's where you go. That's what evangelism is all about. And people, you know, in the main, they go, ah, I don't want to hear that stuff. Phooey, you know. <laughs> that's because you're in a spiritual battle. It's warfare. It's a take no prisoners kind of thing. Um, so the, at the end of the day, only one thing matters. Only one. Are you saved? That's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter what your cultural background is. It doesn't matter what country you're born in, whether you're fat or skinny, tall or short, whether you've got a good job, job. It only matters whether you're saved. You can be born in North Korea in a prison in North Korea or you could be born in Buckingham Palace. doesn't matter. Are you saved? At the end of the day, that's it. All right. So the pressures of life, those pressures, what they want to do is to keep you unsaved. That's the whole battle is keep you lost. Or if you are saved, keep you compromised. Weaken you down. Dumb you down. Do nothing. Right? Don't, don't fulfill your destiny. That's the pressures of, of the battle. And the pressures, you know, they're designed to mould us. When, when they mould us, we look like them. So the pressures of life are trying to shape us into their shape. But we have a godly shape, don't we? You know, we talk about this godly hole. Well, yeah, there is a godly hole in us, but I reckon there's also a godly outside that we need to fit into that godly mould. Right. So... Um, I think I've got some... No, yes, we're going to come to that in a minute. Right. Stay. Stay. All right. Jesus said in John 16, this is, he's talking to the disciples. It's his last, really, words of encouragement before, before the cross. Jesus is talking, and so this is obviously very serious. This is on the same night of communion. And he's talking this, and he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Right. So that's his last word. So now, the seven is, is everyone familiar with the seven letters? Right? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing that I, n I never really got until the other day. These are the last recorded words of Jesus. Not only that, they're the only words of Jesus that are recorded, that are directed to the church. And I thought, gosh, that's, this is much more significant than what I had thought. Now, the seven letters to the seven churches all follow the same pattern. If, if you're a bit of a, a student of this, you know that they follow a, a similar pattern. And um, so we're just going to pick on one, on Ephesus, as a bit of a standard of them all so he goes to the angel in um let me read it out of my own you read it up there and i'll read it here to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands now remember that jesus the last connection that they had with jesus was the guy with the dusty feet 
walking around limited by time and place and the demands of everybody. That's not the Jesus that he's now presenting to the church. He's saying, this is who I am. Now, when he says that, it's kind of like, take notice. This is, this is not the ordinary Jesus. This is the one who is the all-conquering king. Now, I'm going to now just diverge from my notes and just say this little thing. Um, you could be forgiven for, if you read, especially the Old, Old Testament, that the, there is a battle that, you know, between God and, you know, between good and evil and, you know, God and the devil and that stuff. And it's almost kind of like it's even Stephen, you know. It's kind of a bit yin-yangish kind of thing. You know, God wins and then Satan wins. And, and you could think that. Um, you know, the thing of um, uh, Daniel, he's praying. And the angel takes three weeks to get to him because he was busy fighting the prince of Persia. But the truth is, I don't know what was really going on there behind the scenes. We're, we're not told. But in Psalm 2, you get the real picture. God says, you guys are planning what? You're going to do what? I'm sitting in heaven and I'm laughing at your plans to overcome me. I don't have to overcome you by any effort. I don't even have to click my fingers. I don't even have to laze, you know, raise my little pinky. I can annihilate you with just thinking it. So that's, This is the God that we serve. And he's the God who's now talking to us, the church. So he says... Um, then he starts out, and so all these letters, they follow this similar pattern where it's a, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm saying who, who, who I am, then I'm going on to, um, I know your works, um, this, is the, this is the good stuff. And he kind of goes through it, and um, it's kind of like tick box, tick box, tick box, tick box, you know. You've done this well, you've done that well, you've done that, da, 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 yep, that's all good, good, but this is the where I have a problem with you. And every letter, well, a couple of bit different but basically God is saying I have this against you now, I don't know about you but I don't know if I ever want to hear God say to me hi Jeff yeah you done really well there but I've got this against you and in this case in Ephesus it's that you've done all these amazing things yep 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 there's good you yep 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 but this I have against you, you're not loving like you should. <laughs> if you don't repent, I'll remove your candlestick from its place. This is so serious where he's saying, if you don't get this right, if you don't overcome this in this particular thing, I'm going to remove your candlestick. I don't know what you think that might mean, but it sounds scary to me. And I don't want to be in that place where my candlestick has been removed. So he says, remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Um, then he goes down and he says this at the end. He who has an ear, you don't have to even have two ears, just one ear is enough. You have an ear, listen, hear what I'm saying, take this seriously. And then he goes on, he who overcomes... Here's the reward. And you could be thinking that those rewards, therefore a special group of people call the overcomers. These are the rewards. But if you look at them closely, 
eating from the tree of life, give a crown of life, you won't be hurt by the second death, given the hi hidden manna to eat, uh, power over the nations, clothed in white garments, name not blotted out from the book of life, a pillar in the temple of God, will sit with him on thrones. All these are actually um, blessings and promises delivered to every believer. This is just normal. What he's saying here is that there's only one kind of Christian life to live, and that is being an overcomer. No, there's no, there's no compromise. I'm not, I'm not looking at you. You know how people say, God knows my heart, meaning I'm actually failing in all these areas, but God knows my heart, therefore he's going to just smooth that over and I'm going to be okay. God is saying, actually, no. You have got to overcome this. If, and if you're not overcoming this, if it's overcoming you, you need to repent on this because there's serious consequences. This is like, this is, this is, this is scary. Anyone feeling a bit overwhelmed? Like, uh, I, I didn't know I signed up for this. Um, when I was reading, when I was going, going oh, Lord, you know. Um, but I did say there's good news. Here's the good news. Um, going to Mark, Mark chapter 4. Um, I should be able to read it up there. Let me just tune my glasses in. So this, is, so this is a parable about the seed. So just a couple of parables before this is the one about the sower and the seed, you know, the four different kinds of soil. This is a very, you know, that's a very famous um, a story about the seed. This one is not so well known, but he says, here's what the kingdom of God is like. A farmer scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, the seed comes up and grows. It happens whether the farmer sleeps or gets up. He doesn't know how it happens. All by itself, the, seed, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, and then the, the head appears, finally the full grain. Before the grain, right? And so um, the farmer cuts it down because the, the um, grain is ready. Now that is uh, a parable about evangelism. So the, you know, the guy goes out, or the person goes out, you know, shares the, the Lord with people. But he doesn't know how, how that happens in their hearts, whether they listen, believe or whatever. He's got no, or she's got no control over that. It just happens, something happens in that person's heart and they give their life. And, you know, I've met people who are just like they're reapers. They just seem to win people to Christ the whole time. They're just pulling them in. It's because someone else sowed the seed, it's grown, and then they pull them in. But there's something else I want to talk about, about the seed, because we're the seed. Um, so, the, so the beauty of this is that the seed grows all on its own. In John chapter 12, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loses his life, sorry, he, he who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. So every seed has two choices as a seed. Um, and talking about wheat seed, okay? It can be ground into flour or it can be sown into the ground and become the next year's crop. The other choice is that it can just sit and do nothing. And we have the choice. If, if we're like the seed, we have the choice where we can say, I don't want you to touch my life, Lord. I don't want to be ground into flour and I certainly don't want to be planted in the ground. I'll just 
be a seed. And you can go to Egypt to, you know, where they've put mummies in the ground and they put wheat in there and it's been there 2,000 years or 3,000 years. You can pull that out and it'll still germinate. So 3,000 years later, the seed's done nothing. It can still germinate. It's just sat there. And there's this thing that, you know, you can, you can say to God, <laughs> don't touch me, God. I have my own life. I'll live it how I want. Thanks. And you can be the most successful person on the planet. You can gain the whole world. It goes on here. Luke says, in Luke 9, he says, Whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and lose or forfeit their very self? The thing is, again, it's coming back to being saved. You're either saved or you're not saved. If you choose to keep your life to yourself, you can go and amass a, a, a vast you know, wealth if you want. But at the end of the day, you'll die and then you'll have to face God and you won't take any of that stuff with you. So there's only one, there's only one way for any Christian as the seed your choice is be ground into flour or be planted in the soil. So here's the thing about seeds. This is the good news. God says the farmer goes out, sows the seed, falls into the ground, and the farmer has no idea or say on what happens with that. The seed does the job itself. It's written, God has written into the DNA of the seed to shoot itself. Isn't that right? If we're the seed and the soil is the world and we're planted, the seed goes, I'm going to die. I'm being planted in the ground. It's dark. I'm buried in the ground. All is lost. Is that right? right? And yet, it's actually the perfect conditions for the seed. Talking about overcoming, the seed goes, yes. First thing it does, shoots roots down shoots a shoot up and it comes out of the seed it's automatic it doesn't have to think about it um a couple of years ago pam and i we were we we're in laurel bank gardens and you know i didn't know there's an oak tree a huge oak tree english oak tree you know and i thought oak tree it must be acorns i'd like to grow a oak tree or i may not live long enough to see it bigger than that but so I, I looked around and I actually found a couple of acorns. And I took them home and I thought, I'm going to plant these acorns. You know, whoa, I have an English oak tree. And then I thought, no, hang on, I, I better, I'll just Google and see if there's any tricks to growing an oak tree. And there is. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, it was a, such a complicated thing. Put it in the fridge for three weeks, you know, it's like three weeks, 14 hours, five minutes, 10 seconds, you know. Um, this kind of soil, this amount of moisture, and I was going, oh, God, you know, um, to get it to germinate. And um, I actually watched this, this, uh, this video clip of this guy in America doing this thing, talking about oak trees, and blah, blah, blah. It was all about difficulty, difficulty, problem, you know, because you know, they're so touchy, you know, da, 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 da. And, um, but he was doing this thing from an oak forest. He was standing in an oak forest, you know. And, of course, there's huge trees and saplings, you know. And then he says to the camera, but remember this. In the wild, acorns just fall off the trees and germinate. 
I'm going, yep, yep. <laughs> Acorns. <laughs> you know? And even in that parable, the farmer scatters the seed. He doesn't say he buries it. He scatters the seed. The seed goes, I know what I'm... I got it. It's under control. Right? The seed does what is entirely natural. And no person has any say in it. You don't help it. It's planned and designed by God to shoot. Right. I'm staying with my notes. It's really like the miracle of the seed, isn't it? So when Jesus is talking about, here's this problem, you have to overcome it. Overcoming is written into your DNA. It's your natural state. It's not hard to overcome. It's actually easy. It's actually what you're meant to do. It's actually, you're primed for it. When problems arise, there's something in your spirit that says, thank you. You know, when someone is sick and you want to pray for them, are they healed because you thought it? You have to pray for them. The scripture says, you know, bring the sick and, and you know, anoint them and pray for them. Then they'll get healed. They have something to overcome. You have to overcome your momentum, you know, your lack of momentum. Get up and do it. Evangelism is all about getting up and doing it. You have to overcome that. But God says, oh, it's, it's all set. It, it'll happen. It's going to happen. I will build my church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against that. You know, that's a really amazing scripture. For years, I used to have this idea that, you know, um, you know, there's the church valiantly standing against the gates of hell coming at it, you know, and we're fighting it off. It's not what the scripture says. It says the gates, which don't move, cannot resist the forces of God. It's us coming against the gates. They can't resist. You know, the kingdom of God, you know, the anointing, What's the scripture about Jesus as a baby? And the government of peace shall, shall rest on him. And, and, uh, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God advances constantly. The, the kingdom of God never retreats. Never. Even in places like China and North Korea. You know, you guys, you, know, you, guys, you think that, like the, the head guy of China, you think you're going to live forever, mate. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, the, the God in, in North Korea, you know, the guy that King John, because he's a God, <laughs> you're going to live forever, mate. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Let's see how that pans out, you know. You think you're doing well, but one day you're going to have a heart attack, and then you're going to find out what is the truth. I'm not going to be in, I don't want to be in your shoes. I don't want to even be near you, just in case there's a bowl of light and that kind of sprays out, you know. I've gone way off my notes. Look at that. <laughs> a tiny seed that falls into a little crack in a giant boulder where there's a tiny smidge of dirt will eventually crack that boulder. That's the power of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Romans 10, did I give you that? Who said no? 
I did. There you go. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just think about this. Going back to the seven letters to the churches where he says, you must overcome. Here's all the, these are the blessings of the overcomer. And he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those blessings are for those who, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. We are expected by heaven to be overcomers. That's our natural state. So we talk about being nat, you know, um, is it spiritual. We're, we're, what's the word? Yeah. Spiritually natural and naturally spiritual. Right? And, you know, you hear people talking about, oh, they're so spiritual. You know, they're so spiritual. Um, we're actually supposed to be spiritual. Everything we do is spiritual. Every, you know, every engagement we have with the world is spiritual. Every, every breathing moment of our life is spiritual. And we're the conquerors. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is pretty good. Um, we are more than conquerors. Now, you, you know the story of the boxer? You know the story about the illustration of being um, a more, 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 more than a conqueror? You know the boxer guy? Anyway, so the boxer training for a prize fight, you know, you know, in a million bucks prize, you know, he's training. He comes home every night to his wife, you know, and he's in a sweat and, you know, training. And, and um, uh, anyway, eventually after months and months of training, he comes to the prize fight and it's tough going. He's in the ring for nine rounds, you know, he's got a split over his eye and blood down here and the other eye is puffy and his lips have moved around his face. Um, but he's declared the winner after sweating and, you know, he's bruised and broken. But he's declared the winner. He's got the million-dollar check in his hands and he goes home to his wife and comes in. Look, honey, I overcame, you know. I was the conqueror. She goes, thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> She's more than a conqueror. <laughs> she never raised a sweat once. That's us. Jesus did the hard lifting. And, and, and we walk in that. Um, you know, more than conqueror, I've actually got, some, this is, I'm getting very technical. Hi, Hypernakao is the, is the one word that means more than a conqueror. Hyper, we know what that means. Hypernakao. Over, an over conqueror. Super conqueror. That's what we are. Um, next one. Um, yeah, walk in the spirit. Jesus says, "Walk in the spirit, and will not fulfil the lust of the flesh." Okay. Um, now, okay. Last scripture, coming to an end. In Luke chapter four, Jesus uses this scripture to introduce his ministry, to launch his ministry, and he's quoting from Isaiah sixty-one. And he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. In that um, uh, more than a conqueror scripture, and when Jesus said this, he was still living in an Old Testament time frame. So the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. 
to do this ministry. And of course, he was filled with the Spirit more than any person. But there's a thing where we now, we're in the new covenant. And the new covenant is we have the Spirit of Christ within us, as well as upon us, we walk in that anointing. That's our anointing. We are anointed to preach the gospel. We're anointed to heal the sick. We're anointed to declare to people, hey, the prison doors are open. You don't have to be locked away anymore. You're caught by drugs or alcohol or whatever. You don't. The, it's not that you're bound anymore. The doors are open. Walk through. You know, I think one of the biggest problems with people, and you were saying it, they want to try and change themselves. You don't have to. He's done it. He has done it all. Can I just point out that the seven letters says, they all, they all kind of end with this. He who has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Not just to you individually. What's he saying to the church? This is what he's saying to the church. You've, you have got this. You are the overcomer. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to reinvent yourself. What you have to do is release what is already within you to be the overcomer. It's already there. Think of the seed all the time. When the seed goes into the ground, yahoo, that's exactly what I want. That's the right conditions for me. So when you're facing um, opposition in prayer, whatever, you know, people go, oh, the devil, you know. <laughs> what? You? I've got news for you, buddy. Yeah. I have everything to be an overcomer every day. And when I was going over this, I kind of had heard this question in my mind. Yeah, but, you know, you make it out as if it's easy. Is it easy? Yeah, it is. It's as easy as we want it to be. We can, we can go, it's, this, is hard, this is too hard. I can't, I can't actually do this. It's too hard for me. Really? Is, is that what the seed says? He goes on the ground, gets, the seed goes, oh, no, it's, no, thanks. I'd rather be eaten by a bird. This morning, if you can't say with, with honest assurance in your heart that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, if, if, if you can't say that for sure, then this is the day to get that right. Going back to the seven letters, is, he says, get this fixed. You know, fix this problem. Okay, well, fix this problem this morning. It's not hard. You know, it's not a, it's not a battle because inside your... I was going to say, inside your mind, your spirit is going, yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it now. <laughs> and your soul's going, oh, no, what are people going to think of me? <laughs> what will God think of you? What, what will Jesus think of you that he hung on the cross, brutally battered beyond recognition? What will he think of you when you go, I accept that for me? It's as easy as that. Give your life to Jesus now. If you're unsure, do it now. And then if you feel like you've been kept in a cage or, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I've been, I haven't been overcoming. <laughs> I've been overcome by everything that's coming at me. It's a struggle. If you need prayer for that, the altar is open.
We might have the musos up again and... Has this been an encouraging word for anyone? Is this good? I mean, it, it encouraged me. It's because, uh, you know, there's lots of areas where, gee whiz, I was just snowed under, you know, really reeling from all kinds of stuff. And, it, and each time it happens to me, I preach my own sermon to myself. Get up. You can do this. And not only, it's not you can do this. Release the reality of the Spirit. You're already an overcomer. You don't have to sweat over this. Just do it. Just be who you're called to be. Amen, brother. Gee whiz, that's... <laughs>